Welcome to the Prophecy Club. Our topic today is the chronological order of Revelation. We are coming off some broadcast times in the DFW area, so you folks in the DFW area, if you'd like to continue to listen to Prophecy Club, the easiest way to do that on your cell phone is to simply download the Prophecy Club app. Prophecy Club app at your app store. Also, we are needing to get some books printed. We need to print some more Miss the Mark, What It Takes to Be a Prophet, and also the School of the Prophets Crusade Manual. We need an additional $7,000, so if you can help with that, God has blessed you and you want to help, then we would certainly appreciate your help right now. Anyway, the book of Revelation is not, surprisingly, it's not in chronological order. As a matter of fact, a lot of people argue about where various things go, but today we're going to show you how it really lines out. And we're going to use this chart. Now, in explaining this chart to the groups, I've discovered that sometimes it's a little complicated, and it's mostly complicated because people don't understand the feasts. So I've found the easiest way to explain how Revelation is laid out is by first, let's do a review of the feasts. Even if you're not familiar with the feasts, I think we're going to go slow enough and explain it so you can catch and understand. So first, just the feasts. So the first feast is Passover. If you go to Leviticus 23.1, it says, The Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel and say to them concerning the feasts of the Lord. They're not Jewish feasts. They are feasts of the Lord, which you shall proclaim to be the holy convocation. The convocation is a meeting. Even these are my feasts. Six days shall work be done. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of rest, a holy convocation. You shall do no work therein. It is the Sabbath of the Lord in all your dwellings. So the first one is the Passover. And it says, these are the feasts of the Lord, even holy convocations, which you shall proclaim in their seasons. Now, that's Passover, and it takes place on the 14th day of the first month at even. It is the Lord's Passover. Now, I do not get into trying to say the Jewish words, uh, the Jewish months, or all of that. I, I keep this into English, and I think it makes it a lot easier to explain. So the first one is Passover. The next one is unleavened bread. We go to Leviticus 23, verse 6 for that. And it says, on the 15th day of the same month, which is the day after Passover, 15th day of the same month is the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Under the Lord, seven days you must eat unleavened bread. In other words, it's a picture of having the sin removed from our lives. In the first day, you shall have a holy convocation or meeting. You shall do no servile work therein. In other words, take a day off. But you shall offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord seven days. In the seventh day is a holy convocation. You shall do no work therein. So first one, Passover. Second one, unleavened bread. Yes, Jesus was crucified the afternoon before Passover, and then Passover started that evening. And if you go back into Moses, there's some other things there, but we're trying to keep it simple. And then the next day is the unleavened bread, or actually, according to Moses, what happened there, unleavened bread started that evening about midnight. But let's keep going. Verse 9, And the Lord spake to Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say to them, When you come into the land which I give you, you shall reap the harvest. What harvest? The harvest thereof, and you shall bring a sheaf of the first fruits of your harvest under the, the, under the priest. So the harvest in this case is barley. The first thing that ripens every year is always barley. Then it says you shall bring a sheaf of the first of these barley fruits under the priest. So what's a sheaf? 
a sheaf is a handful. It's just one handful. In other words, if you dip your your hand down into a, a, a bucket of flour and you bring it up, that's a sheaf. Now, that's very important. In just a second, that's going to help you to understand Revelation. A sheaf under the priest. And you shall wave the sheaf before the Lord to be accepted for you. On the morrow after the Sabbath, the priest shall wave it. And you shall offer it that day when you, you wave the sheaf a he lamb, this is important too, very, very important, a he lamb without blemish of the first year. So let's summarize what happens here on the, the barley harvest or first fruits. So they dip their hand down in barley wheat. They take a sheaf of it, a handful. They wave it before the Lord. They also then sacrifice a he lamb, male lamb, without blemish, that is within its first year. Very important. You want to understand Revelation? Uh, that's really important. It's all kinds of lights going to go on here when we get to this. He lamb without blemish over the first year for a burnt offering unto the Lord. And the meat offering, therefore, shall be also two-tenth deals of fine flour, that would be barley flour, mingled with oil, an offering made by fire unto the Lord for a sweet savor, and the drink offering thereof of wine, the fourth part of a hen. He shall eat neither bread nor parched corn nor green ears until the self same day that you have brought an offering unto the Lord. It should be a statute forever throughout your generations in all your dwellings. So far, we've only covered three Passover, unleavened bread, and first fruits. When you think of first fruits, think of a sheaf or a handful of barley flour and then a he lamb without blemish of the first year. Now let's go to the next one. Next one is Pentecost. So we start at verse 15. Still in Leviticus 23. And you shall count upon you from the morrow after the Sabbath. So this is the day after first fruits. You count 50 days. That's what it's going to say. After the Sabbath, from the day that you brought the sheaf of the wave offering, even seven, seven Sabbaths, or a Sabbath is a seven, so seven of them is 49 days. So after first fruits, you add another 49 days, meaning a total of 50 days. Seventh day you shall number fifty days. You shall offer a new meat offering unto the Lord. You shall bring out of your habitations, this is important, two wave loaves of two-tenth deals. Two-tenth deals. Well, what's a tenth deal? How to look it up. The simple way to think of it is it's about the size of a two-liter, like a Coke bottle or something. About a two-liter bottle. So you have to bring two of those. In other words, this time, it's not just a, a handful. It's not just a sheaf. It's two-tenth deals or two two-liter bottles. And this time, this is not barley flour. This is wheat flour. Wheat flour. So you bring out two-tenth deals of fine wheat flour. They shall be baked. This is really important. With leaven. With leaven. Okay, so try to imagine you're taking two two liter bottles of white, fine wheat flour, you mix in leaven, and you cook it, and you make two large loaves of wheat flour. Well, they'd be pretty large. I mean, like probably about the size of a, a watermelon. I mean, good-sized chunk of bread. Okay, two-tenth deals. They should be a fine flour, and they should be baking with leaven. They are the first fruits under the Lord. This is the first of the wheat harvest. He shall offer with the bread seven lambs without blemish of the first year, and one young bullock, and two rams, and they shall be burned, offering to the Lord, and their meat offering, and their drink offerings, even offering made by fire. Of sweet savor unto the Lord, this is not 
really important with where we're going, but I'll read it. Of the first year, a sacrifice for peace offerings, and the priest shall wave of them the bread of the first fruits for a wave offering. Before the Lord with two lambs, and you shall be holy unto the Lord for the priest. You shall proclaim on the selfsame day that it may be a holy convocation to you. You shall do no servile work therein, and it shall be a statute forever in all your dwellings throughout your generations. This is important. And when you reap the harvest of your land, thou shalt not make clean riddance of the corners of thy field when thou reapest. Neither shalt thou gather any gleaning of the harvest. Thou shalt leave them unto the poor and to the stranger, for I am the Lord your God. Okay, so when the, they go to harvest their wheat fields, they're commanded that they're not supposed to do a real good job of it. They're supposed to leave the corners of the field. They're supposed to leave some for the poor and for the stranger. That's real important when we get to the end. All of this is a picture. It's a picture of the, the prophecies here in just a second. Now let's go to the fourth feast. Now let's go to trumpets. Leviticus twenty three twenty three, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, saying, In the seventh month, in the first day of the month, shall you have a Sabbath, a memorial, a blowing of trumpets. <laughs> well, I almost start to give it away, but I'm, I'm going to wait. We're going to do this. We're going through just the feast right now. That's real important, okay? Seventh month, first day of the month, you shall have a Sabbath, a memorial, a blowing of trumpets. And a holy convocation, you shall do no servile work therein, but you shall offer an offering made by fire. That's real important, too. An offering made by fire unto the Lord. So trumpets, the trumpet sounds, and there's an offering made by fire. Verse 26. Now this is the fifth of the seven uh, feasts of the Lord. Excuse me, this is the sixth of them. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, also, on the tenth day of the seventh month, there shall be a day of atonement. It shall be a holy convocation unto you, and you shall afflict your souls and offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord. Offering by fire, afflict your souls. How do they afflict their souls? We're going to get to that. And you shall do no work the same day, for it is the day of atonement, to make an atonement before you, before the Lord, for whatsoever soul it shall be that not be afflicted in that same day, he shall be cut off from among his people. Seventh month, tenth day, they're to be afflicted the day of atonement. Atonement, remember that. Then the seventh and the final feast is booths. And the Lord spake to Moses, verse twenty, verse 33, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, saying, In the fifteenth day of this seventh month shall be a feast of tabernacles for seven days unto the Lord. On the first day shall you know, it shall be a holy convocation, you shall do no servile work therein. Seven days you shall offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord. On the eighth day shall be a holy convocation unto you. So we have Passover, unleavened bread, first fruits, Pentecost, trumpets, atonement, and booths. Then verse 39 says, Also on the fifteenth day of the seventh month you shall be gathered in the fruit of the land. You shall keep a feast unto the Lord seven days, and on the first day shall be a Sabbath. And on the eighth day shall be a Sabbath. And you shall take on the first day the boughs of goodly trees, branches of palm trees and the boughs and thick trees and willows of the brook. You shall rejoice before the Lord your God seven days, and you shall dwell in booths. Well, what they were told to do was to make kind of like uh, an outside place that they were to sleep. And they were to say, stay in this booth outside for seven days. Now, that's the feasts. 
Now let's tie in the prophecies. So here we go. We're going to skip Passover and unleavened bread for right now. We're just going to deal with first fruits. So first fruits is the harvest of the first harvest of the dead Jews. It's the first yearly harvest. And now we're going to go to Leviticus 23, 9 again. And we're going to repeat some of this. And the Lord said unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel and say to them, When you come into the land, which I give you, you shall reap a harvest thereof, and you shall bring a sheaf. Again, that's the handful. A sheaf of the first fruits of your harvest unto the priest. Now, that word, first fruits, that's what God showed me in a vision. Here's the vision. I saw two books side by side. One was the book of Torah, or the first five books of Moses. The, side, the one on the right was the book of Revelation. And then I saw like a yellow time tunnel between them, kind of like about the size of a stick of butter. So I saw these two books with a stick of butter looking uh, time tunnel between them. And in an instant, he showed me that this word first fruits is a secret door linking through time, linking the feasts all the way back over to the prophecies of Revelation. And when you can link those two, then all of the other prophecies can be put in proper order according to the feasts. And that's what I'm about to show you. Okay, so this first fruits is talking about this first fruits in Leviticus 23. This is when the wave offering, this is when a he lamb without blemish of the first year is sacrificed. This is first fruits or the barley harvest having to do with the dead Jews. Now, here's the New Testament fulfillment of the same word. In other words, I'm showing you the secret door. The secret door here is first fruits, Leviticus 23, 9, and first fruits in Revelation 14, 4. I'll show you again. Leviticus 23, 9 has the word first fruits, and Revelation 14, 4 has the same word first fruits. And this is how we know this is what it's talking about on this day. So let's read it. It's real important. Revelation 14, 1. And I looked, and lo, a lamb stood upon the Mount Zion, and with him 144,000, having his father's name written in their foreheads. This is the next time Jesus returns to the earth. Now let's look at first fruits. As you recall, first fruits, that's when Jesus arose from the dead. And when he arose from the dead, that's when prophetic time stopped. When he returns is when prophetic time starts again. It stopped when he arose from the dead, and it starts again when he returns in the clouds. Uh, and this is, this is not with trumpets. This is on the day of first fruits, and this is fulfilling this. I looked and lo, a lamb stood upon the Mount Sinai and with him 144,000, having his father's name written in his foreheads. This is when Jesus returns and resurrects the 144,000, 12,000 from each tribe. Let's go on, though. And I'm going to skip these next two verses to make my point better. Let's go down to verse 4. These are they which are not defiled with women, for they are virgins. These are they which follow the Lamb whithersoever he goeth. For these were redeemed from among men, being the firstfruits unto God. In other words, these 144,000 are the first ones to be resurrected from the graves. First ones since the, when Jesus and there were some other people come out of the graves on that same day. But it, these are the first fruits of them that slept. Excuse me. These are the first fruits. The 144,000 is the first fruits of the harvest. Jesus and the people that came out of the grave on that day, those are the first fruits of them that slept. This is the first fruits of the harvest, the first ones that will be getting their glorified body. So these 144,000 come out on first fruits. 
These were redeemed from among men, being the firstfruits unto God and to the Lamb. And in their mouth was found no guile, for they are without fault before the throne of God. When it says without fault before the throne of God, no guile in their mouth. Why is that? How can a person not have any guile, have not made any mistake with their mouth? And the answer is, if you back up to Leviticus 23, uh, was it 9, where it says, no, I guess it's about 2, where it says they, they uh, a, a, a he lamb of the first year, he lamb without blemish of the first year. So that's what they are. They're a one-year-old Jewish boys that died in their first year. They never learned to talk, so there's no guile in their mouth. They are without fault before the throne of God, not defiled with them at women for they are virgins. They're all in their first year. So this is Jesus when it says, I looked and lo, a lamb stood upon the Mount Sion. That's what it's talking about. This is the midnight cry. There was a midnight cry, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go you out to meet him. These were redeemed from among men, being the first fruits unto God. So this is the next time Jesus returns two more times. This is the next time Jesus returns where he resurrects the 144,000 up to the Mount Zion. Now, what do they do on Mount Zion? I believe that they walk around because it says, these are they which follow the Lamb, whithersoever he goeth. So apparently he walks around. And my guess is he's probably antagonizing the beast and the false prophet. Okay, so let's go on. Also, Acts one eleven says, You mean of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which was taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go. So the first time he left, the disciples were watching him as he ascended up in a cloud. And on this day, on first fruits, he comes back down in a cloud exactly the same way. I believe he left wearing the same clothes. He will return in the same clothes. He just had fish with the disciples. Uh, Thomas just put his hand in the nail scars on his side. He's the same Jesus coming down out of the clouds here. He's still a lamb. He hasn't gone to, well, I'll get to that in a second. He hasn't been crowned king of kings yet. He's still the lamb of God. And after 50 days, it is Pentecost. And this is mostly for those washed in the blood of Jesus. This is the wheat harvest. And this is when Revelation 7, starting at verse 9, is fulfilled. After this I beheld, and lo, a great multitude, which no man could number of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues, stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hands. This is when Jesus, after 50 days of walking around, now resurrects those people in Christ. The dead in Christ shall rise first. And when we arise, this is the fulfillment of those, the, the virgins that are ready, went up to the marriage supper. And then we skip down to verse 14. It says, uh, Sir, uh, who are these arrayed in white robes, and whence came they? And he said unto me, Sir, thou knowest, these are they which came out of great tribulation, and washed the robes, and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore they before the throne of God, and serve him day and night in the temple. That's us. And that's the reason, see, the... The sheaf of barley represents the 144,000, not very much of it, and it had no leaven. It, they, so what they did is just take the barley, and they mixed together the oil, and then they cooked what is kind of like a, a large cookie, and it was made of barley, and that represented the 144,000. However, at the wheat harvest, now this represents those two two-liter bottles of fine wheat flour, and in this case, they can add leaven 
with leaven. Remember, well, what is leaven a sign of? It's a sign of sin. So how do you get into heaven with sin, with leaven? The answer is because they've been washed in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, they before the throne of God serve him day and night in his temple. So this two large loaves of wheat with leaven, yet they're made clean through the blood of the Lamb, they represent the Jews and the Gentiles, or you might say the the Jews and the non-Jews. And this is a group of people that get to go up to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Now, at the marriage supper of the Lamb, this is these are the scriptures that have to do with that. Revelation nineteen six, And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude. That's us. As the voice of many waters, as the voice of mighty thunderings, saying, Hallelujah, for the Lord our God omnipotent reigneth. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor unto him, for the marriage of the Lamb has come. For his wife has made herself ready. Then it ties into Leviticus, or Matthew twenty-five ten, And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in to, with him to the marriage. That's us, the ones that are ready. Verse 8, To her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the fine linen is the righteousness of saints. And he said unto me, Right, blessed are they which are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. That's us. That's what happens on Pentecost. That's when the marriage supper of the Lamb takes place. So we go up to the marriage supper, and this is the first resurrection down at the bottom, verse 6. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power. And they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. Now this ties back to Leviticus twenty-three, twenty-three, which is the next or the fifth of the, the feasts. This is the Feast of Trumpets. This does not have to do with the Jews either. Both Pentecost and Trumpets have mostly to do with the Christians. But anyway, this is the Feast of Trumpets. Leviticus 23, 23, as you recall, it says, On the seventh month, in the first day of the month, there's a blowing of trumpets, and there's an offering made by fire. What's going on here? This is when Matthew twenty-four thirty-one is fulfilled. He shall send his angels with the great sound of a trumpet. They shall gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. Behold, I show you a mystery, 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty one. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in the moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump. This is at the seventh trumpet. The dead in Christ should be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. It's also 1 Thessalonians four sixteen. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God. That's all of these taking place. And in Revelation 10, 7 says, And in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when it should be, that's the seventh trumpet, when it should begin to sound, the mystery of God should be finished. In other words, it's over. This is when the judgment is set, the books are open, the beasts are slain, Jesus returns in the clouds, and it's over. So that's all having to do with the fifth of the feasts or the feast of trumpets. It also has to do with Revelation nine eleven. I won't go through all of this. And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he is set upon him, this Jesus, is called Faithful and True, and he returns, and he judges and make war. This is when the armies of heaven, that's you and I, armies in heaven were with him, followed him on white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. This is when he is already, because he is at the marriage supper of the Lamb, he has already been, claimed, or been crowned. He changes from being prince of the kings of the earth to being king of kings and lord of lords. That's where he changes from being the Lamb of God to the Lion of the tribe of Judah. Now, he's returning to burn up all of the tares. And this is when I saw an angel standing in the sun. He cried with a loud voice, Come gather yourselves together in the supper of the great God that you may eat the flesh of kings and the flesh of captains and the flesh of mighty men and all of them. And all of the, the blood and guts take place. Jesus 
uses the morning star, which is the rod of his mouth. He brandishes his sword, the light sword, and he destroys all of the tares. He burns all of the tares. And that's when the beast and the false prophet are tossed into the lake of fire. The remnant are slain with the sword of him that sat upon the the horse, which sword proceeded out of his mouth, and all the fowls were filled with their flesh. Now, that's the first five. However, what about the corners? You remember back in Leviticus, it said, do not harvest the corners. Here's the corners. They are the nations. These are the people that did not take the mark of the beast, so they aren't tossed into the lake of fire. They also did not receive Jesus, so their names are in the book of life, so they don't get eternal life. So they are allowed to live under very strict circumstances and very strict rules. They're allowed to live for up to 1,000 years. This is the nation's. Revelation 9.20, the rest of the men which are not killed by these plagues repented not of the works of their hands. That's who it's talking about. Then verse 21, neither repented they of their murders, their sorceries, nor their fornication, or their thefts. Revelation 21.8, this is who they are. The fearful, the unbelieving, abominable murderers, whoremongers, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the, that burns with fire and brimstone. This is the without our dogs and sorcerers and all the scriptures there. If you're looking at the video, you see all of the, the various scriptures. Now let's go to the Day of Atonement. Now we're back at Leviticus twenty three twenty six. This is when the tenth day of the seventh month there's a Day of Atonement. This is an offering made by fire, and this is when the souls are to be afflicted. Well, here's how it ties into Revelation. This is the great white throne. Jesus is the judge at both the... Judgment seat of Christ and also the great white throne. He is the righteous judge. And this is tying with together with Revelation twenty eleven. And I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. I saw the dead, small and great, and the books were open. Another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in them, and death and hell delivered at the dead which were in them, and they were judged, every man according to his works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Only the dead are judged at this one. The living are judged at the Feast of Trumpets. That's the living and the dead, I should say. And on atonement, only the dead are judged there. Okay, now we go to tabernacles. You remember John eight twelve said, I am the light of the world, and he that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but he shall have the light of life. Tabernacles takes place five days after atonement. Atonement is the last of the judgments. Only the dead report there. Whereas tabernacles is the day that the new Jerusalem comes down to heaven prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. This is when we finally see uh, that the whole earth has been made into a nice, round, smooth ball. There's only one mountain on earth, and on top of that mountain is the New Jerusalem, about 250 miles square. The Bible says four squares. Some people think it's a pyramid. But nevertheless, it's made of pure glass, transparent as glass, or clear as crystal. And that is our mansion. Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I've got to prepare a place for you so that where I am there, you may be also. And that's the tabernacles coming down. And then we are taken to the tabernacles where we live for all eternity with Jesus. All of this fits together into this particular chart. Now, this chart is in the back of my book, The Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy. First of all, let me tell you about Miss the Mark. So I'll ask you two questions. What would you do if you had to tell someone the most important information in the world, but you knew 
they wouldn't believe you. Would you tell them? I believe you would. So if you would, then that brings us to the second question. What is the most important information in the world? Well, the most important information that we do, obviously, is accept Jesus. But the most important information not to do would be do not take the mark of the beast. Those people that take the mark of the beast, in short, do not get soul death. They're tossed into the lake of fire with the beast, false prophet, and Lucifer, and they're tormented day and night, and the smoke of their torment ascendeth up day and night, and they have no rest who worshipeth the beast or his image or whosoever receiveth the number of his name. The simple, easy way to tell them about this is to give them this new book, Miss the Mark. And if they read this book, and we make it a very short, simple read, if they read this book, they will never take the mark of the beast. They'll probably receive Jesus. One for 20, but don't do that. We offer them in shrink wrap sets of 10. So 10 for 30, 20 for 45, and 40 for 70. And then my first book, The Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy. Essentially what happened on that is God gave me 30 revelations and two visions and an audible voice, which I put into this book. And this is what I've been teaching from. This shows the secret door, the word first fruits, links the feasts of Leviticus to the prophecies of Revelation, showing them the chronological order. And there's a whole lot more than what I covered right there. One for 20, but don't do that. Five for 30, 10 for 55 gives you some to give away. Also, you want to be sure and go to sevenfoldmiraclecrusades.com and get yourself signed up for our crusade. It's April 8th to 12, 2020. That's at sevenfoldmiraclecrusades.com.